The medical fraternity was in awe of his greatness in the field and as a human being. The greatest beneficiaries of both of those were the University of Cape Town, where at the time of his passing he was the dean in the Faculty of Health Sciences. Medical doctor by training, we now feature a conversation on and about Bongani Mayosi. And it has fallen to you, Lionel Green Thompson, to fill those big boots. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Thank you so much for your presence and your agreeing to be part of the show this evening. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. And I think that it's um, it's an important day on which for, for us to have this conversation on because today is actually Bongani Mayosi's birthday. Beautiful. And... This is part of why we've had the lecture on this occasion, is that the faculty over time, since his passing had decided to use his birthday to remember his legacy. An apt time to do so because it comes at a time when institutions of higher learning, universities, among many others, are faced with some serious challenges. Never mind the challenges that were there, a lot of which were systemic before the advent of COVID-19. COVID-19 has just pronounced everything else. Just give us a sense as to some of the challenges acute to UCT, particularly in the Faculty of Health Sciences or the um, the field of medicine at large, some of the things that um, you have to deal with, some of the things that Mayosi himself was dealing with. So I think that, I mean, I think it's a very different faculty now to what it was when Mayosi was there because um, of the challenges of COVID. Mm. But I think that if one looks back um, to the time when Mayosi was there, we saw that that period of of, of students declaring themselves much more vocally than we had seen them, probably for more than 10 or 15 years in the higher education sector. And I think the faculty particularly um, felt that expression quite strongly. I mean, I think that if you look at Kungan Mayosi's life, it reflects that commitment to a range of things. And today it came out very powerfully again in the lecture, this notion of foregrounding the African scholar in an African context to mm. solve African problems. Yes. And and that, that is his mission. I think that when we look at the, the COVID uh, experience, it's allowed us to understand our students in a completely different way because I don't think we've always been aware as higher education institutions about the struggles that students have had, specifically in their home space. Um, So sending students home meant that we had to provide additional resources for students in the various places that they went to. Um, But as that was happening, even though we were providing resources, we realized that some students' home circumstances were just not equal um, to 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 the problems they had to face. So... The, the, the pandemic has, has given us new challenges. Online learning has created a whole new series of challenges in the early years of study. But we brought our students back onto the platform, into the hospitals, quite quickly for medicine. Um, and that was a problem in itself. So we had to train students um, in, in protecting themselves in the early parts of the pandemic in that so-called first wave. Yes. Um, so the real problem is trying to, to get students to understand where they position themselves in the, in the pandemic and, and, and where we shared responsibility with them for 
preventing real problems happening on the on the pandemic. And thank, thankfully, we we didn't experience large numbers of students getting infected because they went into the wards very quickly after the start of the pandemic. Um, in fact, in reality, very few students, much fewer than we expected, became positive in that first wave. Um, so there are different challenges. I think that the challenges of of of, of financial aspect, access continue to be a, a problem in higher higher education. The the challenge of differing socioeconomic uh, conditions means that we have to create a whole lot of different support mechanisms for our students um, when they're here. And I think it's it's been a little bit harder with them being more remotely located um, in the various areas. And all of this lends itself to why then it would be a discussion around Mayosi's name. We know his struggles, well documented. But above and beyond that, we know his triumphs and his excellence on the continent and abroad. And so the framing, you mentioned the African child in the African context for African challenges to be met with African solutions. How now do we piece all of this together? Because you mentioned some of the challenges that are faced by institutions of higher learning, and you know all about this because you are there at the coalface of it all, and some of the challenges that have come in the advent of COVID-19. You still have that mandate of an African child must be treated like an African, and whatever is produced here must be relevant for that African child. Yeah, I think that you, you raise, so, so what I will do is just try and um, sketch a couple of points about um, what I think we've learned from the Bongani Mayosi legacy. Sure. I think we've learned this idea that, um, you know, what he did was he picked up a couple of diseases of the poor and he changed, as one of the speakers in the video this evening at the talk said, um, he made being academic cool, but he took diseases that are deeply rooted in the poverty of Africa. And that's uh, the, the disease around the heart that comes from TB, tuberculous uh, pericarditis. Um, and the other one is, is valvular heart disease, which comes from um, rheumatic heart disease, um, mm. which is often from an early childhood infection. And what he did was he foregrounded those diseases as vehicles for deepening the science of, of, of medicine and, and the clinical practice. So he took, he made, he centralized conversations about the diseases of poverty in a way that few people have achieved over time. Um, and so when we look at, at our current context, part of our challenge, I believe, and I think it happens in medicine and the health sciences as much as in any other discipline, it is about how do we convince the young student who comes in at the beginning, often from really uh, 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 frugal beginnings, from very Spartan conditions. Sorry, Prof. Sorry, Prof. We're going to continue on the conversation on the children from poor conditions. We just have to take a scheduled ad break now, but that will be your point of reference when you resume. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mapete on SAFM. We continue the conversation. 
marking the annual memorial lecture dedicated to the life and memory of Professor Bongani Mayosi, a celebration of African scholarship, specifically the point that our guest this evening, who is his successor as Dean of the UCT's Faculty of Health Sciences, Professor Lionel Green-Thompson, speaking about how Professor Mayosi used the cardiovascular diseases in low in and middle-income countries, specifically centralizing that research area and some of the science that would come from there to put to the foreground some of the challenges that the people, ordinary South Africans face. And in this context, the professor online, Professor Lionel Green-Thompson, was talking to us now about that student who comes from a similar background and who is now forced or faced with the opportunity to engage medicine with that perspective coming from such a background. You want to continue, please, Prof. Thanks very much. So I think that the key point I want to make about the Bongani Moyosi legacy in the context of what we were talking about, yes. uh, the poor kid who comes in, I think what he did very successfully is that he foregrounded the unusual. Where people are de- dealing with Western-based issues, he was prepared to focus on the poverty of Africa. He was able to do that with excellence and ensure that he, he, he pushed the boundaries in terms of that he was delivering, but never lost that sense of compassion. So for me, those three things remain relevant in our context now. Um, Those things remain relevant in our context now. The idea that we've got to do things unusually for that student who comes into the system now. We've got to begin to respect the fact that students are not a a clean slate when they arrive, Mm. that they've got experiences and they've got learning. That, are, that should be valued. And I find that in higher education, we often disconnect ourselves from the lived experience of students before they come. And I always say that, in fact, the journey for a rural student to a city like Cape Town and navigating their way, even just to their residence for the first time, shows in itself a, a level of skill and engagement with the world that is way beyond the experience of the guy who got a car for his matric exam and just drives down the road to the movie to raise. There's a different learning that we have to be unusual about valuing. But I also think that we have to, from the very beginning, convince our students that they're capable of excellence. There's always a danger of, of us saying we accommodate things rather than pushing our students to greater and greater heights. Because I think that Every student who arrives has the capacity for greatness. And I think that's the message of Bongani's life so much is that he himself was able to, to use excellence as a yardstick. And then the idea of compassion. I mean, that's the story about uh, Professor Mayosi that gets told over and over again. His capacity to convince people that they were capable. And when they struggled to give them the support that they needed to rise again. I mean, there are terms like generosity of spirit, Mm. recognizing raw talent, uh, mentoring people. Uh, The one young man, the one uh, lecturer in in one of the videos today spoke about the fact that if Mayosi convinced you, you said you could do it, you felt that you could. And I think that's part of what I hope that we can convince our students of, is that regularly, we believe that they can. And then to give them the tools and the wherewithal to do the best that they can. And that's the challenge. I mean, and all too often, 
we allow somebody's social circumstance to determine whether we judge them to be capable or not. I'm saying that part of our challenge is to convince all of our students that they're capable and then to walk alongside them in a way that helps them grow. For sure. As we finalize this particular conversation, I, I do want to pass by in terms of ultimately the theme of the presentation by Professor George Menzer, who was the deliverer of tonight's annual lecture. Yes. What are some of the key takeaways, therefore, from that lecture, which resonate ultimately to the legacy that was in fact being celebrated? So, so one of the things that, that Menzer did this evening, which I thought he did really eloquently, is that he used a lot of Ongani Mayosi's work. So he foregrounded the work of Ungani Mayosi in chronic diseases in, in, in Africa. And what he was able to show was some of the things that Ungani added to the conversation around chronic diseases. So, so we have a burden of chronic disease in, in, in South Africa and in Africa that, that is going to create profound problems as we go forward. I mean, there was an article that he quoted this evening that spoke to the idea that many people are dying slowly from obesity as, as a chronic disease. But he added the, the two things in their conversation that Mensa and him did together, in fact, um, was reflect on the fact that many of these, these diseases may have an infective-type origin. But they also raised the question of mental health as part of the suite of chronic diseases that we have to deal with. So what I found really elegant in tonight's talk was the way in which he was able to highlight this from Mayosi's work and then say just how crucial it is for, for the conversation going forward. And then what I thought he did really well is, is, is really highlight the fact that South Africans and Africans from the continent more broadly are contributing substantially to the discourse in COVID. In this pandemic, African, the African researcher is beginning to make a substantial contribution, both in terms of the biomedicine, the, 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 the technical aspects of the science, but also from the system nature of this problem. And the African contribution is becoming greater and greater. Beautiful. And I think that that's really important. Well, we do wish you well. As an individual who is now steering this ship, we wish the faculty at large well, and we certainly wish that this sort of legacy is the kind that is celebrated, not in the country, but on the continent and world over. And it falls, for you, it falls on your shoulders to do that. I have absolutely no doubt that you are more than capable. Thank you so much, Professor Green-Thompson. Thank you very much, Sangeet. I really appreciated this conversation. Thank you, sir. All the best. That was the conversation, annual Bongani Mayosi Memorial Lecture, a celebration of African scholarship.